hair turned out so pretty. I'm so happy it turned out this way. Because I thought it was going to be, like, and it's so funny, it totally matches your dress. I got to pop, I, I could it. literally pop this hair onto your head and you could walk around like this and it would perfectly be normal. I could go to the party for you. <laughs> yes, please. I, 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 I would love to. Because <laughs> I would like to go drink by myself somewhere else. <laughs> I hate to be on for parties. Uh, but. All right. So, um, welcome to Lipstick, Lollipops, and Hope. Um, this is my friend Camille. Um, and I always like to do a little bit of background. Uh, I met Camille, actually, we were talking about it just now that. I met Camille on North Lake Boulevard, worked with her on a place, we won't say the name of the place, mm -hmm. her place, um, right down the road from here. And um, I was going through my bout of struggles and depression and anxiety and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, and we ended up parting ways and then ended up reconnecting again earlier this year, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're back on North Lake Boulevard. Doing a, doing a podcast about depression and anxiety. Yes. <laughs> And like I always say, I always say, I don't believe in irony. Yeah, so, well, there it is. So, um, and you know, like, like you know, the format basically we, we talked about before is more just we're going to talk about depression and, and when what our experiences are, and then at the end, giving you some hope on on how you can get through it because I believe everyone at one point in time in their life battles with depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I, and I was just telling somebody today, or your whole life, <laughs> or, or your whole <laughs> life. Um, and I was just telling somebody today that you know it depends on um, how we cope with it and how we manage it and how we handle it is really how we get out of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to kind of talk about how you know what yours was because when I heard some of your story um, and you were telling me how you know you didn't want to even get out of the house for almost a year, mm -hmm. um, like I, I've been there, um, mm -hmm. and I just kind of want to touch on that and, and discuss it and, and maybe give somebody hope about it. So okay, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's mm -hmm. go ahead. Take it on. Tell me, tell me your story, girl. <laughs> well, um, I, I want to say um, probably I've been dealing with um, depression and anxiety probably my whole entire life. Um, I uh, my parents got divorced early, um, so uh, my my mom and dad were together since uh, high school. So they've been be they were best friends to the day my mom died, and so um, and will be forever. And I think that, that them getting married was probably a mistake. I think they, they were perfectly fine the way they were. Um, and they just didn't have a, a, their marriage just wasn't, it wasn't cohesive. Um, so um, when they did get end up getting divorced, and you always hear about these stories about divorced um, you know, children and whatever have you, I didn't really feel that, um, that I felt like I was, um, I was being abandoned. But How old were you when they got divorced? They, I, I, we call it the seven year itch. So I, they got married when I was seven. And then when I was 14 is when they got okay. divorced. So that was also a very pivotal point in my life when I was hitting puberty. I was, uh, you know, I was awkward. Hormones I was arranging. I mean, yeah, everything was all wrong. Um, and so you do hear these stories about kids who have divorced parents that are just uh, like they wig out. And yes, I was going through a whole lot of stuff by myself. I was going through this goth phase where I'm like, I wanted to wear black all the time and listen to Nine Inch Nails. And I was going to an all white school because my mom wanted me to go to a parochial school and, you know, and, and be better. And so um, I lived in the suburbs, so I was really out of place with a lot of things. Um, and so um, I, I blamed everybody for everything. So that was my first kind of stint. But in the black culture, in African American culture, uh, there is no there's a very big stigma about depression and anxiety. They um, they don't believe in it. They said you can pray it away, <laughs> or or just get over it. Like you know, it's um, there is no medication about it. There is no going to the doctor. There is going to church, and there is um, and there is uh, there is just ignoring it and pushing it down, which ends up turning into a whole other thing later. 
Um, so um, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of pushing. I did a lot of, I did not do a lot of prayer, um, even though my parents um, and my grandparents were very much Southern Baptist. Um, I did a, a lot of, um, I did a lot of outlets. So I, it, all of my depression and anxiety came out in different ways. Either I was wearing all black or I was, you know, I was, sometimes I was suicidal. Sometimes I was super manic depressive. Sometimes I was super, you know, bouncing off the walls and I was a cheerleader and everybody was, I was happy all the time and then I was just not the happy. The external was, you were creating yeah. the external right. happiness where the internal happiness Right, was I was like trying that. to get it from somewhere. I had boyfriends all the time or I didn't have boyfriends all the time. I had girlfriends all the time. I hung out with people I didn't want to hang out with really. It was, I was, it was coming out in different ways and no one noticed it for those that from 14 to 20. And, um, and I probably should have been medicated sometime during that time. Um, even though I went to my mom and talked about it, who was a nurse, and who, she, but she's also a black nurse. So in, my, in her mind, she's like, do you really think that you need therapy? You probably don't. And if I talked to them, my grandmother about it, who was Southern Baptist, she was like, no, you just need to go to church more often. That's why this is what happens when you don't go to church. The devil gets in you. I'm like, that's not what's happening. <laughs> my mind just, I can't focus on anything. I had probably had ADHD. Um, I probably had a lot of different things going on. Um, but that's what was happening with me when I was younger. Well, I actually was doing some, I mean, I do a lot mm -hmm. of research on everything, but mm -hmm. like I, I was doing some reading uh, about depression. They said that there's four, there's, you know, four basically, not main, but you know, it could be biological or three, biological, um, psych, uh, psychological, and social, oh, yeah. social mm -hmm. sources. So the biological is what you were talking about, the medication, where there are people that need um, that yeah. chemical because they is are it, missing that com chemical Some chemical imbalance, yeah. Um, whether it's the serotonin's not being uh, right. released or uptaked or, or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I had, 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 had insomnia yeah. when I was 14. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. And so, then they yeah. said the psychological is more like the hopelessness, the low self-esteem, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the let's get your head fixed, let's go to a therapist, right. you know. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, the social... Um, resources or avenues, basically, which is you know the neglect, the mm -hmm. violence, the, mm -hmm. the abuse. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it could be all three. Yeah. You know, it could be that you have a, a this imbalance, right. and and you know you, you have issues with self esteem, from right. Whatever it was that happened here, like exactly. I call, for me, I've got daddy issues. Uh, well, I mean, you know? I think we all we all have. <laughs> I have I have both daddy and mommy issues. Even though my mom was, well, I was very close to my mom, but I mean, yes, we all have daddy and mommy issues. I think both both times. I mean, and that I mean, I sought out men who 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 didn't value me as much in my mind because I thought that wasn't worthy. Mm -hmm. So it was it was one of those things where, and especially and that's what during, drives me to you as your right, mind, let alone like, all your other stuff. Right. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I was doing. I was I was literally putting myself down all the time, mm -hmm. and so that like forces you down a hole. Um, and I didn't realize that was happening over the past twenty years of my life of just me building myself up and then just literally me, me putting myself down mm -hmm. and going, I'm not worthy of this, I'm not worthy of this, I'm not worthy of this. And um, and and then seeking out men or partners um, because I, I do float both ways. And and I would be with people who just didn't value who I was on the inside. It was only the things I could give to them. Mm -hmm. If I was giving them gifts, if I was giving them my body, if I was giving them time, attention, and, and that was all they valued of me. And then when they didn't, weren't getting that, then I was no longer needed. Right. And so, um, and I thought that that was all I was worth. Mm -hmm. And so you have well, to go through a shift. That that, yeah, yeah, you have I've to go through a shift. I've gone I'm like, yeah. okay, I will give them my body, my time, my right. attention, this mm -hmm. and that. And then um, when I don't get it in return, mm -hmm. then, then that's with the, the psychological portion goes, well, I'm not good enough, I'm not. I'm not good, right. you know, so it's that, that it's cycle. That, it's that cycle. It's that, a cycle, yeah. yep. With, mm -hmm. and, and that was all the time. And so, um, of course, when I got to college and I was able to handle my own health, 
I started going to a therapist while I was in at, when I was at Penn State. I started going to a therapist while I was at Temple, um, and without my parents' knowledge, because it was just easier not to tell them that's what I was doing. Right. Um, I was medicated then, um, very mildly medicated while I was in Penn State, um, which was great because then it kept me focused. Because when I first got to Penn State, I was all over the place. I was manic. I had to do everything. I, had to do, I was keeping my mind very, uh, like, because I didn't want to think about anything. Because when I stopped to think, then I got low. Right. So I, if I felt like I kept going faster and do all the things, but then I did all the things and went from yes. a, a 4.0 average to a 1.6 average, and then that didn't work either. Right. And I was like, well, I went to a therapist, I went to counseling, and uh, my mom wrote me a very, very long letter about getting myself back together. And I just couldn't br bring myself to tell her that it was my head that was the problem. Mm -hmm. And so, because I had already had that conversation, and she'd already blown me off about it. Right. And so, and it was nothing in her fault, it's just the way that she was raised as well. Right. And so, um, and I started seeing a therapist on my own when I, was, when I went away to Penn State, and then when I came back home and went to Temple, I started seeing a therapist on campus. So, um, and that was my start of having therapy all of the time. And I, I don't think I went a year without therapy up until the day, up until she died. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, when she got diagnosed with breast cancer, I, you know, you go through these ebbs and flows in your life and, you know, and I don't think anyone's ever prepared for when your parent, your favorite parent, <laughs> there's always one. Yeah. Um, and when your favorite parent or your sibling or something like that dies. Well, that's and you so, had talked about that because right. you know my mom was my best friend, and granted right. she died you know almost twenty six years ago, but right. still that was really the catalyst mm -hmm. for me of that I had depression since the time I was eight. Right. I remember that. I think you and I yeah. talked about mm -hmm. that, and I remember going to the um, going to the playground and um, sitting on the the. the swing and just crying yeah like, what eight-year-old does that yeah. so when mm -hmm. my mom died um, that depression that hit like a hundred percent it was like mm -hmm. I went balls to the wall right. with everything that I shouldn't be doing to try to find something to mm -hmm. get some release right exactly um, and I released it in a lot of different ways um, I, I I traveled a lot I went to Vegas I got drunk a lot I um, I I'm never I wasn't really into drugs so I didn't really um, I guess uh, the only medication I ever took in my life was for um, for my, my allergies, and and then um, when I was on um, mild antidepressants when um, when I first had gotten to college. But after that, I had stopped taking them because they were dulling the way that I was able to um, to I couldn't move forward with them because because um, my mind just moved too fast. And I had I was on an engineering scholarship, and there was no way that my mind could move that fast. And thinking you know triple trigonometry and and physics and theoretical science and doing that while I was on something that was dulling my brain down. Right. So um, I chose to go the therapy route more than the medication route, mm -hmm. and I thought that was better. Um, once I got to a place where I was kind of doing therapy, you know, once a week, then to once a month, then I kind of just made it kind of a maintenance thing, and then my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. And then at the time when I thought I probably should have gone back to therapy, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I can handle this. I can handle it because I've been through all these years of therapy. I can handle this, and um, and I kept telling everybody I could handle it. And I looked, it looked on the surface that everything was fine, mm -hmm. and everything looked great, and I was happy. And everybody was like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yep, everything's fine." 
And um, and then you know what I always <laughs> say to everyone that acronym are fine. That fine. Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That is one hundred percent it. And I hear any of the Crying girls that I work time. with, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. And then especially the short, I'm fine. Uh huh. I'm like, oh no. No, not. you are not. <laughs> I am Absolutely not. I am one hundred percent not fine. <laughs> it's like I had some people, people who were really close to me, really um, it, like notice the difference of one fine to the next. And I think that some people were just over cautious. And, and those are people I kind of pushed away, which is probably my, to my detriment. Um, and some people who were just about as cautious as they should be. And those are kind of the people that kind of stuck around through all of the craziness when I kind of started to spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, when she got diagnosed, the time that she died um, was a year and a half. She went into, um, she had went into remission and then she, um, and then it spread to her liver, so she was metastatic. And when it spread to her liver, it went all over her body really right. fast. Um, so by the time that she was diagnosed with metastatic um, breast cancer, I believe she spent her last Christmas here um, of 2014. By February 2015, she she had passed. Um, so um, and I was up in Philadelphia just doing things, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to make sure that the, the funeral things are okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure that she gets cremated. Okay, let's make sure that it gets back to the house. Make sure that everything was. And I had a really great support system at work that they let me off with all this time to make sure I could do everything. My friends gave me a lot of breathing room. So they were like, okay, you need us, you can send food over. You know, I had a really great best friends. Um, I had, a, you know, so a lot of really great people around me that were supporting me, but they, they did it at arm's length, which was great. I had some people who were just super overbearing, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Right. Um, but I think the first four weeks yeah, for me were, were the, the easiest, easiest because I didn't have time. I had to go through the, the stuff and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, sign all this paperwork, yeah. and everything is very string. Everything is very stringent. There's a lot of people around right. you during those first exactly. two or four weeks. Exactly. So there's all the stuff that you got to do. The time that I I hated was when I got back to Florida and then I had and then I had to be by myself mm-hmm. and I was still and then you know the stillness and the silence and that time when you just go oh I need to call my mom mm-hmm. and I'm like motherfucker <laughs> you just go this is not what is this is not cool so it, it's it, so in order to fix that you go I'm going to forget anything that ever happened so then you start pushing. Then you start burying, and then you start covering it with stuffing. alcohol and uh, everything, stuffing. and stuffing, and uh, and then I worked fifty hours a week, and my boss was like, "Are you sure you just want?" I just I said, "I need to work. I need to do something. I need something with my time, so I'm not thinking." And right. so, uh, or and then when I wasn't working, I was drinking, and if I wasn't drinking, I was sleeping. Right. So it was it was one of those things where, and I was totally a functional alcoholic at the time, um, but um, but the quietness is what got me crazy. And, um, and I continued to spiral. And um, I got spiraled down to a point where um, I, I literally had to leave work. <laughs> like, I, um, I was working fine, and nothing went wrong at work. I didn't have, I didn't, nothing, nothing went as quite, as quite as bad. I mean, I, when we were comparing you know, some depression and anxiety stories about work, I, I don't think I was quite there. But <laughs> I mean, you weren't as bad as I was. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, because I, I didn't have anybody at work tell me, tell me that, um, I mean, I had to come to Jesus with you. And I was like, right. come to Jesus. <laughs> I don't even believe in Jesus, but you need to come to Jesus. Um, but, um, but I feel like people were just seeing the unraveling of my, like this, the, the devolution of my brain. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I just could not keep it all together. And I, I just felt like I was crying all the time on the inside and nothing was making it better. And so, okay, yeah. So that, that, you just said yeah. that kind of triggered a question. So yeah. you're crying on the inside, right? but would you ever cry on the outside? Rarely. 
and see that that was okay so i've yeah. had this discussion with people to where i say you know crying is a useless emotion Mm-hmm. Um, and I, she's actually had, a really wonderful emotion. I, well, you should do it all the time. That's <laughs> what she said. She, she said, and, and I, for the longest time, I didn't cry. I mm-hmm. stuffed the cry. I stuffed the cry because mm-hmm. if I cried, it would stop giving me time to fix whatever it was the depression right. was causing. Right? right. So she said, no, the crying well, it's, it's is a purifying. It's a release. It's a release. You have to release so, the energy somewhere. Yes. Go, the drinking was the release for me because then I was able to numb the feeling. But the crying, once I went back into therapy, um, the crying was the was the release of the energy. And the I just kept, yeah, and the emotion yeah. because all I was doing was piling energy on top of each other. Right. And then when you start doing that and you're stacking energy, it's all I'm doing is carrying around all this stuff. Right. Like now I'm just carrying it with me, and I was heavy and ready to explode. Right. I was just heavy. I was heavy all the time, and um, and no one could talk to me. Everything I, I everything anybody said to me triggered something, and I was like I was always triggered. I'm like please. Stop talking to me about, no, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm tired of you asking me how I'm okay. If I'm okay, do I look okay? <laughs> it's like, so it was very, I mean, I, I lost a couple best friends um, through that um, because I, every, I, I mean, I just remember at the probably the second or third anniversary of my, uh, might be the second anniversary or angel anniversary, I should say, of my mom's death, um, my best friend at the time, he would come to my house and he knew what day it was that I was going to lose my mind. Yep. And he would come to my house, and I'd be literally sitting there with a knife in my hands, trying to leave the world. And 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 at some point, that gets too much for any one person to deal with. Because even though he was probably one of the only people I let in, it was it's hard on anyone's soul to to watch someone that you love just Mm -hmm. devolve. And so, and to the point where he's like, "You need help that I can't give you." And I I just sat there, and then he and then he had to walk away. Now, a lot of yeah, people... Yeah, I had two dates yeah. that I would, I would fall. <laughs> right. And I'm going to tell you, the only thing that helped me... So I had two dates. It was, Is it Mother's Day, too? It, well, Mother's Day kind of got me every once in a while, but mm-hmm. it was always um, the day of her death, um, um. and it was always her birthday. And hmm. somebody actually said to me, um, you know, I you, you lose it in February. February is like your worst That's month, mine. and you lose it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we mm-hmm. talked about that. And, and they said, you know, why can't you just celebrate her rather the whole than... Month. Celebrate her mm-hmm. the whole month rather mm-hmm. than... Um, be concentrating on the loss that you had in that month. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I changed that, and I changed that probably about, I tried it like seven years ago, but it really, really hit home about four. Yeah. Um, and I was like, they're right. Yeah. It is a totally different perspective change. Um, when I finally got back into therapy and with my best friend kind of turning his back on me, which is probably the best thing he could have ever done for me, because then it forced me to save myself. Because yeah. then I was I was so far down that I could not get up. When you think that you were at rock bottom, and then I started digging further, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I can hit another bottom after this. I'm sure I can. Where I was I, for a year, I was constantly I was I was almost like one of those people who, um, that were um, that have a phobia about living in the house. I can't remember mm-hmm. what the um, the term was it for. Um, uh, I can't get yeah. off the top of my head. Yes. Um, but um, where I would have agoraphobia, agoraphobia or something like that. Yeah, I would have people come to my house and, and I would have groceries to be delivered. I wouldn't leave my house. I couldn't. I couldn't like leave the house at all. Well, because yeah, because uh, you just the light just made me what I was like a vampire. I was just like the light made me hopeful, and I didn't want to be hopeful. Well, that's I wanted depression to be sad. Itself triggers, <laughs> it can trigger and manifest right. in different ways. So it can trigger right. in, uh, changes in sleep patterns, appetite, oh, yeah. 
energy, concentration, oh, Daily activity, self-esteem, and lack of interest. I wasn't um, interested in anything. Yeah. I took off from work. I left. Um, I left work at the. Um, at uh, I want to say at the end of 2016. I want to say, and I took a sabbatical so I could. I, I at that point I was working on trying to get my certification to get for my IT mm -hmm. um, degree. And I did do that. I did try to get that happening. Did you got your master's? Yeah, I did get my right master's um, right as my mom. My, my, right after my mom got sick, mm -hmm. so I she was able to see me graduate with my master's degree. Oh. So and then she got sick, and I was like, Ugh. and then everything fell off. So I was trying to get my life back, and I kind of got started going in the forward direction with it, and then just kept getting setbacks because I wasn't dealing with the grief. Um, so that whole year was me trying to get those certifications up and then, you know, trying to do that while I'm trying to deal with this depression anxiety. It was crippling. It was crippling. And so when you, you are in that place, then you ask for help. And I finally, um, I kept seeing a commercial about a, like, a, a, like an app for um, an, an app. Yes, I had it, um, like either Better Health or one of the, there's an app for, there's an app for everything, but there's an app for um, therapists, like licensed therapists. Um, psychotherapists um, to counselors to all different types of therapists but that was like my first that was my toe this was the toe in where I needed to get like I needed to talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one, but I couldn't leave the house mm -hmm. and I was like okay so how do I do that without leaving the house and my insurance covered it and I was able to talk to it and get matched with the therapist of, you know here's, here's my problems I'm having and I feel like I was really honest with myself about I am not dealing with my mother's death mm -hmm. I am dealing with this crippling depression and this anxiety I cannot function like this mm -hmm. I need to I can I cannot constantly think about killing myself I cannot I and I was trying all of the time right. and I kept getting interrupted by things like my aunt would come over or you know, like it was random stuff that would just happen like um, I, I would throw up or something like that like I couldn't take pills I couldn't cut myself I couldn't do anything everything was everything was stopping me. the universe was stopping me from doing it so I guess I better find some other way to fix the, the problem I was having yeah, my, so, my, my, my dad came in and found me on the floor. I'm like, really? 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 I just wanted to just you have leave to have the a place. Key to my house? Right? As I said to my aunt, I'm like this, really? <laughs> but, um, but it wasn't my time to go. So, I mean, um, and thank God because um, me finding this app and me actually just reaching out, that one, that one thing, and I just happened to be scrolling and I happened to be sad and crying and going, okay, I'll hit this app and I'll fill out the form and he matched up with a, a, the, a male therapist who I thought that I was only going to be talking to female therapists right. and who got right down to the nitty-gritty right away and within three sessions with him um, I was able to kind of break this loop that I had and then I was doing three sessions a week every week and I got a little better a little better a little better and then I could leave the house um, I had another one of my very best guy friends um, would just in within that time period um, that, that, that month time period of me trying to get out of my shell. He's like, how about you just come out for a movie? And I'm like, I can't leave my house for, I can't, I look like, I can't, I don't even have any new wigs. I have no, I, just, I can't leave my house. Like, get on a baseball cap, put on some sunglasses, put on a t-shirt and jeans. I will come get you. We will go see a movie. You like Marvel. You love Marvel. You come. We will sit in the dark theater. No one will see you. It'll be fine. I'm like, I can't. And, and so uh, he convinced me, and now that kind of started a very long friendship over the past three years of us going to Marvel movies every single day, um, every every month. Um, but which I do see, I'm like, oh, yeah, bitch. I know, I'm, I'm always at the movies, <laughs> right? But he was the person that between my therapist and him, they got me out of this this rhythm of just thinking that no, nothing was worth me getting out of the house for. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then I, um, 
what I'm saying is that there is a way out of, of the darkness because there is a pinprick of light. Um, and I did have friends reach out to me that whole entire time and did, I did not answer. Um, and there were people that still knocked on the door. They still sent me text messages. They still, and finally when I started to respond back to them, I got a lot of angry people like, how come you didn't tell me? I'm like this. I didn't know how to tell anybody that I was dying on the inside. It's, like there's, there's no way to say that and be normal. Well, <laughs> it's not that it's taboo, but people don't know how to respond, especially if you, I had my um, sister who, um, who would say, I don't understand, just snap out of it. Right. Um, and and I, I, you don't understand. Right. Because this is not because if you've never portion. been if you've never been in, in a place of, of utter despair and if you've never been to a place where an utter grief that you can that you cannot fathom what that feels like of having insomnia for three or four days, being awake for three or four days, not napping, awake for three or four days, thinking about ending your life. If you've never been in a place of that darkness where there is total silence, total darkness, and the only thing you hear is your voice saying, just go. No one will miss you. It will be fine. You'll get to be with your mom. It'll be great. That was the big just, one I heard. Right? Just, just You'll get to see go. Your mom. You'll get to see just your mom. Just go. Again. It'll be fine. Yep. And so, um, and, and having to deal with that, and I don't think that most people know how to respond to that. And so it was hard for me to tell even, even my bestest friends or my, my brother or anybody else that, that this is what I was dealing with. And that, um, and the person that they saw on Facebook and Instagram who was like, was not the person that was living in my house. Yeah, so, so just so you know, Facebook and Instagram does not mean they have the perfect life. That is not correct. If no, you that don't is get a anything out of this episode, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram not will real. actually cause depression. It's I've actually had to tell girls, listen, get off, to, of, get off of Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram mm -hmm. until we finish the work that mm -hmm. we need to do mm -hmm. because your comparing is making you depressed. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, what you were saying about, um, about perspective, I mean, my therapist was really, really great, who I still see to this day. Um, of changing perspective, it was a lot of things about um, about my mom and her birthday and her death day are in the same month. Oh. She was born on February 28th and she died on February 10th. So it was very that month, the whole month of February is always a very it was always very bad. I looked at it and with dread mm -hmm. when I when January would come around I'm like oh, February's coming yeah, it's and coming you know, right and well somebody was saying Let, let's go out to dinner and and February 14th I'm like no it's February I can't do it. and I would immediately have this reaction about February and I'm like that can't be the way I think about this for the rest of my life mm -hmm. and so when and my therapist did say the same exact thing he goes change your perspective about how you think of that month and he's like you and your aunts get together and you do this trip every year to celebrate your mom's life for you know the week that, uh, out of the month to celebrate your mom's life with your aunts with all her best friends. You go to some locale, you take her ashes, you celebrate her life. Why wouldn't you do that all month? Why wouldn't you just look at the month as this way to pay homage? You do something charitable. You do something that she would have done. Mm -hmm. um, you, like I do this month for breast cancer awareness, I give away 200 wigs and I send them off to different charities, and that makes me feel closer to her. So what do I do? And, and you know, it's like, he's like, pick a thing that you knew she would love for you to do and do that to pay homage to her, her spirit, her energy, whatever she would have loved for you to do. And, and, then, and then be okay with it. You know, don't let it sit. Then you express it in that way so the energy gets released. So all of this grief that you have, still express the grief, but also celebrate the fact that you had her for 58 years. Right. So. 
that's where I went with that. And um, I think that it's a, it's a, it's such a positive way of looking at it. And I, and I could not have seen it other than two years ago. Yeah. And it took me a, a year of crawling on the ground, covered in mud and guts, and climbing to the top of a mountain and trying to get out of this slump of this spiral that I had put myself down into, um, um, and and trying to find my way out. And I mean, who knew? That um, once I got out of that that spiral, I mean, I got the, my job at Chewy. I got um, all my friends came back. I mean, even even the best friend that walked out on me. <laughs> so I mean, it's and goes, wow, here you are. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I got back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm not back. I'm better. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I like, it, it is a sickness. It's not. It's not like I was trying to be crazy. I, it is a is an illness, and in, I had to treat it as such, mm-hmm. as if I would treat any other illness, um, like, like you know, being diagnosed and then treating it. I think what mm-hmm. a lot of people, I want to say, I know for me, um, mm-hmm. I tell all the girls I work with is, is you know, when you're, I have, I have one girl in particular, um, I'll say, listen, I know that you don't want to get out of bed today, but if you least turn your feet and put them on the floor, that's a start. So. Right. Know that if you do a little bit of walking or do a little bit Mm -hmm. of, you know, reading or do Mm -hmm. a little bit of whatever it is that that fuels your soul, try Mm -hmm. it for five minutes and Mm -hmm. get a little bit of relief and Mm -hmm. then the next day try a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I don't think that people really hone into that, that if you just try a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, it'll go a long way. way. Yeah, it's, um, I think that um, people have a, um, especially people who have depression and anxiety, they look at the horizon too often mm-hmm. where you go it's way over there that i need to get to i'm like don't worry about way over there how about we talk about right here i need to get from here to here right and over there don't worry about that that will come later let's get from here to here mm-hmm. first and that i mean it's another something else that my therapist has also taught me too is is the the baby steps i mean once um once i got back into full swing with therapy and i also picked up um transcendental um meditation and that also supplemented my my ability just to quiet my brain down just to be able to just find my center and going as soon as I got a little manic as soon as I get a little crazy and I still have I feel like you know like the world spit is tipping out of control and anything I feel unsettled let me if it's at work or it's a guy or it's a girl or if it's a you know anything else or Grey's Anatomy. I mean, you feel a little. <laughs> What's gonna happen? Right, next episode? <laughs> right. Even if you feel a little unsettled, I mean, meditation is something that I have adopted along as a part of my my treatment schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, my package um, is you know therapy and meditation go hand in hand, yep. and so I wouldn't be on medication, and that was one of the main things I wanted. That was my goal, and I told my therapist that when I first started back with him, I was like, this is what I need. But I do not want to be medicated because right. I like me being me. Well, and I truly <laughs> believe, and in, 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 I truly believe that um, there are some people that need long-term medication. Oh, but yeah. most of the time, people need that short-term boost or that three months mm-hmm. or six months. It's typically six months, and they then kind you of have get to them change the that rhythm, routine. Right. Like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. for me, my routine had to change. I had to implement the gym again. Right. I had to, I had to stop drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I watched stop drinking yeah. for like three months. Yeah. I I went back to the drinking, yeah. but um, but not. I don't drink. I don't drink to numb anything. Yeah, I actually like the taste of bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more, I had to do the meditation in the morning, right. the devotionals, the, you know, for mm-hmm. me, the writing and, and having some outlet of, of doing right. something else and the gym. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. I also noticed, like, doing with this back injury thing, I've noticed that I can get depressed because I can't train. Right. Um, but so I you have, have to, to find a supplement for it. I have to find it. a supplement. Like, if yeah. it's yoga or if it's something yeah. else, and, and you have to find the thing that, and everybody's different. 
Like, you can't say, you can't watch this and go, oh, well, since Camila and Kelly did this, then that's what I should do. That's well, it's, it's, just, it's just an option. And I feel like my option it works for some people, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, t- uh, 20 years ago, I don't think this option would have worked for me. I think that I, at this time in my life, I mean, I'm 40 years old, and I think I, I knew a little bit more about myself and what I could handle. And, um, and also being with a very, very good therapist that was very intuitive and understanding what I needed and really listened. I mean, sometimes you don't find those. I mean, you have to go through, sometimes you go through three or four therapists before you find the one that really gets it right in the nut. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one that hits hits it right on the, so you have to play around with things. um, And sometimes there's a different combination of things that work. And sometimes you'll, you'll get a dud. Well, so. well, I'll make a list. I'll, I'll speak with my girls, and I'll make a list. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what what are the things that you know help you? And and again, my what helps me may not help you. So I right. may give you 10, 10 suggestions. Mm-hmm. Try five, mm-hmm. and maybe three of them work. That's great. The right. other five may not. But right. at least again, it's that. But don't get that discouraged that, that some things don't work, right? Yeah. Because there's other things that will. Um, I think that most people, especially with um, have a history of um, of anxiety and depression, we get discouraged real fast. Mm-hmm. And so if something doesn't work, we're like. Oh, doesn't work. Yes. I'm I'm going back to the bottle or whatever have you, and, or and, or going back to the way that things were. The because bed with the sheets over my head. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and I just in my mind, I just, I just remember what I was like two years ago, and I would never want to be the person that version of myself right. ever again. I know that version, and I can't say it was a different person. It was just a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. This version. Is a better version of the of the self that I had before, and it's just a different version of the self that I had 20 years from before that. Um, I have evolved, and so it's one of those things that you you have to be open to that evolution. And if you're not, and you're just like I'm stuck in my ways, this is what I need, then you're not going to get what you need out of the therapy or or any other suggestion right. that you have. You're just you're just not going to get it. You have to be open to the fact that you are going to change along with this whole process. And there is a process, and you have to really trust in it in order to move forward. Now, maybe you're religious, and you you think that God is the way that you'd go with that, or Allah, or whoever. Right. Um, you know, fairy princesses, whatever. Whatever you're into. Whatever works for you. Whatever you're into. Um, Just but, seek and keep trying. But seek and keep trying. Yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't end with you taking your life. No. That's and right. that's, uh, I, I, I. Because I what somebody what, in my life. You know, the, in the wake of you taking your life, you're taking everybody else's life with you. Well, and I had, mm-hmm. I, I had a very, it was actually my ex-husband. Uh, he said, you know, um, suicide is a temporary solution to, uh, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yes. And he said, and not only that, he said, the fact is, is that you get to leave here and I get to stay to here. The pieces. Right. You know, so you're leaving me in, in destitute and despair and now mm-hmm. hopeless. Right. So, you know, when, when so that basically was, you just, it's just transferred. It's just transferred my energy, energy, energy to you. yours. Yeah. And, and that why was really the only that? reason mm-hmm. that stopped me at that point in me time. Too. I was like, mm, I don't want to do that to anybody. Right. I would I, never want to do that. I like yeah. and leaving my ha- having my my father watch my mom die. Who, like I said, were they were best friends, and um, and watching that happen, and then me being so close to the edge, and going, I cannot leave my father now. Right. And as close as I am to him, and having him leave, my, have my mom leave, and then me just bounce because I couldn't handle it. Right. Like you know, I just I was like I have to be able to find the strength, and I don't have the tools. As I kept thinking to myself, I do not have the tools uh-huh. to fix me, and I just need the tools. I was like, someone needs to give me some tools, and I didn't know where to look for that. So it took me a while to figure out what was the first step for me to get the tools that I needed to get to the place that I am now. 
And th- I mean, it's sometimes it's therapy, sometimes it's God, sometimes it's just talking to a really good friend who goes, oh, my friend, you know, th- read this book and or talk to this person. And you have to be willing to open up to somebody. Right. Because um, if, I, if it wasn't, the, you know, the, the app, or if it wasn't, you know, my friend who took me to the Marvel movies and, right. or, and was keeping a close eye on me, um, but it wasn't, if it wasn't for me saying something to somebody, um, a lot of people suffer in silence. Right. And so, I mean, you have to say something, because right. then no, if no one knows that you're suffering, then no one can even attempt to help you, uh-huh. even a little bit. I mean, even if they just want to just come over and just hold your hand. No one can even attempt to help you. So, I mean, you have to be willing to go, have someone see you even in your darkest moment to even go, I just need someone to help me. Uh-huh. And so I can take at least a baby step forward so I can get out of this. And so, um, so that's, that's, my, that's my, 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 my hopeful twist so, on that. So, what, <laughs> so as we wrap up, we give one more, one more line of hope or one more thing of hope that, um, that you can say. What would you? Um, well, my, my, I guess my, my ending thing is, um, you know, there's, there's always help. There's always, there's always help. I, and even in when I thought there was no one and I was alone, there was always help. And it was right there. And all I had to do was say, so open up your mouth. That's all you have to do. Yep. Open up your mouth. I had two things that I read, which I thought was awesome. Um, this is Joyce Meyer. She said, uh, we can learn to doubt our doubts. So when I doubted that there was actually any hope left for me, mm-hmm. um, that was something that I read. And I said, oh, that doesn't have to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there isn't any circumstance or thing that will remain the same as long as I keep getting up and showing up for others. Right. That was, for me, was a huge thing. And that was something I came across. Nobody said it. It was just a thought that came across my head. And I said, I'm going to write this down just to remember that mm-hmm. I'm here not for myself. I'm here for other people. Yep. Um, I have a purpose greater than myself. Yes. And then I came up with a mantra. My mantra, if you read anything that I write on mm-hmm. Facebook or talk about, it's this too shall pass. Yep. This, everything is changing and evolving. This always. too shall pass. Yep. So. Always, always be evolving. Always, yep. always forward. Always, always. So. That way. Yes, that way. Go that way. <laughs> go that, that way. way. <laughs> go that way. <laughs> So, hey, thank you so much. I love you. Oh, I love you more. I'm so glad you were here. So, thank you. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. I'm happy my hair matched your dress.